Hear the reading of the scripture from Psalm 27, verses 1 and 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Should I fear anyone? The Lord is a fortress protecting my life. Should I be frightened of anything? Hope in the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Hope in the Lord. And from 1 John 4, verses 18 and 19. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear expects punishment. The person who is afraid has not been made perfect in love. We love because God first loved us. May God bless the reading of this word. You know, in this particular uh, part of the series, we are looking at things that cause us fear from others. I want to remind you of the acronym of fear and how we are going to be handling fear in light of the scriptures and what we are learning. First of all, we are going to face our fears with faith. We're not going to ignore, hide, or run away from fear. We are going to face our fears with faith. Then we're going to evaluate our assumptions in light of facts. We're going to look at what is reality as opposed to what our imaginations or our uh, gossip with others has brought about. Then we're going to attack our anxieties with action. This is something that um, empowers us when we can face our fears and act in a way that we feel protected in a way that eliminates those fears or at least reduces them. We are going to, at that time, release our fears to God. We've done what we can do. We know what we can know. And we have faced our fears. And after that, really, all we can do is just to release these fears to God so they are not constantly bombarding us. Now, in this particular passage that we heard today, uh, the psalmist is telling us, you know, who should we be afraid of? But since the story of Cain killing Abel, we have been afraid of others of our own species. We're not afraid of other species. We figure that we're at the top of the food chain, but we are afraid of others of our own species. Something that's not really found anywhere else. Um, and we divide this up. So we're all the human race, but we have divided ourselves up into races, nationalities, ethnicities, religions, political affiliations. Even the way that we love another person has divided us. And all of these divisions are created and held onto and enforced by fear, fear of the other. And so today we want to be talking about that fear of other people. Now we might think that we are um, absolutely validated in fearing other people. There are, there's so much crime going on. There's, there's so much terrorism in the world now. There's, there's so much of this this distressing news that hits our newsfeed daily. 
And yet, if we look at facing our fears with faith, we know that Jesus commands us to love. That we are known to be the children of God by our love. And that love casts out fear. And yet we hold tightly to fear and not to love. We look at crime and many people are worried about crime. Looking at the facts of crime, did you know that since 1990 there has been a steady decrease of crime every year? We worry about terrorism. But did you know that there is, that you are more likely to be hit by lightning than to be attacked by an Islamic terrorist? And did you know that ISIS, one of those terrorist groups that we hear most about, kill other Muslims on a greater scale than anyone else in the world. When you know these things, then perhaps we don't live in that kind of perpetual fear that breeds contempt and, and, and promotes injustice and oppression. Something else that I want to uh, bring to, to your attention is that most of us don't think of terrorism as being anything other than what we read on the news about ISIS and Al-Qaeda and terrorists from the Middle East. But did you know that for a long time there have been Christian white terrorists in the form of white supremacists that seeks to use fear and intimidation to coerce and manipulate people? There are terrorists of Jewish persuasion that um, seek to uh, ethnically cleanse the, the, the area of Palestine right now. This is all terrorism, people. There are terrorists that want to tell you who God hates. And yet, our fear has nothing to do with any of these other groups. Our fear has much more to do with the news that we hear. In 2009, um, I had the opportunity to go to Israel and Palestine. Now, uh, about three years before that, in about 2006, I had gone to a study about Israel and Palestine, and I really felt that uh, God was calling me to, to go uh, on a mission trip to Israel and Palestine. And yet I was afraid. So when year after year this opportunity to go came up, I had a great excuse. I was early in my ministry. I had a seminary. I had seminary debt that I was repaying. And so every year I said, I can't afford to go. And then one year I got a phone call that said, you need to you know, consider this again. And I'm like, I can't afford to go. And they said, you know, we have someone that has uh, been willing to pay half the cost if you are willing to go. To which I responded, you know, if I can raise the other uh, half of that, um, I will, I will say yes. 
Now, it's kind of one of those things that you say that God is getting your attention when the other half of that was raised in one fundraising meal by my church. I had no more excuses. My excuse to not go was that I didn't have money. But the real reason why I was hesitant was because I was afraid. I was afraid to travel to a place where I knew there were checkpoints and armed soldiers everywhere, where I knew that there were people that were being mistreated, where I knew that there was unrest and unhappiness among the people. I was afraid. And then I went. And I realized that, yes, there are things going on there, but there isn't nearly as much as we think there is. We only hear news. We don't hear great things that are going on. We don't know about the way that peoples can work together. We, we don't hear any of that. And so when I was going to lead a team back three years later, I had a group of people that was afraid. They wanted to go. They were fascinated by being in ministry there and seeing the land where Jesus walked. But they were afraid. And about that time, there was a a bomb at a bus station in Jerusalem. And of course, that threw people into a tizzy. And so I did my research and I looked at that and there was one person killed in Jerusalem that day. And that evening before in Oklahoma City, there were 11 people killed by violent crime. Yet none of my people ever hesitated about driving to Oklahoma City to go shopping, to see a doctor or whatever. We think that there is something to be afraid of. And yet, many times it's blown out of proportion in the news, in the media, in our heads. And we hold on to that and it keeps us from doing what we are called to do. You know, when we think of crime and terrorism and all of those things that strike fear in our hearts, it keeps us from loving. Jesus commanded us that we should love. We should love our neighbors as ourselves. We should love our enemies. We should love those who persecute us enough to pray for them. And yet we would rather hold on to that fear than that love. You know, in 2015, there was a shooting, a terrorist shooting in Paris. You might remember that. 130 people were killed. And in the aftermath of this shooting, the media was there and people had gathered with candles as a candlelight visual. They were placing flowers at this place where the shooting took place. And one of the reporters there was interviewing a little boy. He was maybe four five years old 
And the little boy was talking about his fear of the bad guy, the bad man that came and had uh, did the shooting. And he went on to say that, you know, they were going to have to leave their house now. And his father was there with him and he had his arm around him. And his father interjected at that point in time and said, no, France is our home. We don't have to leave anywhere. To which the little boy replied, but, but daddy, the bad man is here and they have guns. To which the father replied, yes, but we have flowers. And the little boy in amazement said, but flowers are only for, for, and he never quite got out that flowers are not really those things that we might think that would protect us. They just look pretty. And the father went on to explain that the bad men had guns. But all of those flowers, those candles, those things that the little boy saw, those people were gathering around, that was their protection. Maybe not against a bad guy with a gun, but protecting their spirits from falling into absolute fear. And he was protecting this little boy's spirit, teaching him not to, to live in fear of what may or may never happen, but showing him where love was found even in the midst of the disaster, even in the midst of sorrow and grief and suffering. Love was found in the flowers. I don't know if you've ever had someone look at you with absolute fear on their face. But I, the, the two times that it's ever happened, I know that it's taken me back. I'm really not someone that you should be afraid of. I pose no threat. Maybe a little sassy on occasion, but I'm not threatening. But I remember following the Oklahoma City bombing that I talked about last week that we remember the 25th anniversary. A time of crime. A time of terrorism. And I happened to be in school at that time, and there were young men there of Middle Eastern descent, Muslim, and they looked at me, and they looked at others like me with absolute fear on their faces. Because you see, at that particular point in time, they were who everybody was looking for and looking at as responsible for this atrocity that happened. Now, it turned out not to be a Muslim a person of Middle Eastern descent. It turned out to be a young man who was white, served in the military, was not someone that anybody would have looked at and thought of terrorist. And yet he killed 168 people, including children, that day. You see, all of those categories that we try to cluster people into and say that they're the other, not only are we not supposed to do that as Christians, we can't do that. Because sometimes the other are the ones who help us. 
And sometimes the ones that look like us are the ones that terrorize us. Jesus told the story of what we call the Good Samaritan just for this reason. To recognize that those who were just like the man in the ditch passed him by. But the one of whom they hated Samaritans. And he was the one who stopped to help. He was the one that showed kindness and that showed love. In our first passage of uh, scripture that we read, we are told to not be afraid of anyone. But the second one in 1 John tells us there is no fear in love. There is no room for fear and love to reside together because perfect love casts out fear. We cannot practice fear and love at the same time. So to live truly unafraid, we must love. We must love as Christ loved. We must love each other, our neighbors, and we must love those who are designated in whatever category we feel we are in as other. I would encourage you today to cast out fear with love. Amen. Please join with me in the affirmation of faith by following along in the bold. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through the one who loved us. We are sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. As you go forth today, go in grace and peace, living with courage and hope, unafraid in these uncertain times, and know that God goes with us. Amen.